0: Welcome to the Reality Revolution. I'm your host, Brian Scott. Today we're reading a lecture from Neville Goddard titled, I am called by thy name, O Lord. Delivered on March 17th, 1964. He refers to a phrase from the book of Jeremiah and discusses the name of the Lord with some different explanations and some references to imagination. I am called by thy name, O Lord. Tonight's title is taken from the book of Jeremiah. It's the 15th chapter, the 16th verse. Thy words were found, and I ate them, and thy words became to me the joy and delight of my heart. Then he tells the results of eating these words, For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts He found the words, he ate them Assimilated them And then it produced this knowledge That he who ate them, who assimilated them Is actually the very being That is the cause of all the phenomenon of life The whole vast universe was himself pushed out That everything was created by him And he didn't know it until he found the words Then he ate them And having eaten them, he assimilated them. And that's what you and I are called upon to do. We take food in, and we assimilate what we can build into our system. And then we reject what we cannot use. Well, the Bible is the same way. We have taken the vehicle that conveyed the instruction for the instruction. And we have mistakenly taken personifications for persons. And the gross first sense for the ultimate sense intended. And so, like food, you take it in. And then the system discriminates between what it can use what it can assimilate and build into its system and what it must expel what it must reject and we read so we're told and they read from the law and they read it clearly this is the book of nehemiah 8th chapter 8th verse and they read it clearly so that they heard it with understanding when they heard it with understanding well then they could discriminate and reject the instrument that conveyed it and then accept what it conveyed the kernel, the life essence of it as it were. So tonight, our story is, I am called by thy name. Now, what is the name? Well, we are told the name of the strong tower and the righteous man runs into it and is safe. I will respond. I will answer all who call me by my name. He will answer everyone who calls by his name. Well now, how will I call this night? Because I'm also told Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. That you'll find in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. But find out the name. Well now, there are millions this night asking in certain names and they're not getting any response, so it may not be the name. What is the name? Either then the promise is a lie or they haven't the right name. Now, In the Bible, a name, whether of a man, an angel, deity, regardless of what it represents in Scripture, it simply in some wonderful way reveals the character of its bearer. So if Moses, who claims that he had a revelation of the name of God, is going to impress the elders with what he claims, that he heard and what he saw, he has to know the name. And so he said, This is my revelation. It came to me in this form i am has sent you when i go to the people of israel and they insist on a name what shall i tell them just say i am that i am and when you go say i am has sent you that's all now is that the name i tell you it is the name as told us in the third chapter of exodus it is not only my name it's my name forever my name for all generations forever and ever just i am verses 13 through 15. Well, how do I call upon I am? If the God I worship has the name I am, then it seems to me that only through what I am can I worship him aright. So how can I call this night on the name? So you can call me Neville and I respond. If I walk down the street and I hear the name John, I don't turn around. If I hear the name Neville, I will stop and respond because that's my name for I am told. If he calls upon my name, I will answer him. If he doesn't call on my name i will not respond i can only respond to my name well how then will i call upon god's name his name is i am well i put it to the test and i tried unnumbered ways putting it to the test the name is i am that's what we're told in scripture the word is jehovah in this new testament that same i amness is spelled jesus but the word jesus doesn't respond The word Jehovah doesn't respond. I am does respond. But how does it respond? Here comes this day a letter to me. He's here tonight. He said, I'm from the Midwest. My mother and brother have had nothing but physical problems. I mean, health problems. He came out of the Second World War emotionally disturbed, and he's been in and out of the Veterans Hospital. Well, constantly. Really? He's always taking these psychological treatments for four years i made a little plan i called it my mailing program and i mailed them what i called metaphysical literature for four years hoping that they would read it and would have a change of attitude towards life and bring about a change in themselves for the medical world seemed not to help they got no help from the medical world so i thought well now i'll get this call it my program my plot well at the end of four years i heard you And then I stopped it. I stopped sending them books, which I didn't realize until only two weeks ago that they never even read one of the books. As they came, they threw them into the ash can. But I didn't know that. Until two weeks ago, when a neighbor of my mother from the Midwest came paying a visit to the West Coast, and she told me as the mail arrived, books right straight to the ash can. So they never once read a book. In keeping with what Ben Franklin said about books, were given he said that people seldom read a book that is given to them and the best way to spread a thought is to charge a modest price for it don't give a book charge a modest price for it and because they've invested they read but this was not an investment on their part the son sent these books week after week in the hope that in some strange way the mother would read them the brother would read them and bring about in themselves a change of attitude towards society which they didn't so he said what i did was this i couldn't reach them by sending them gifts of books and having heard you that the whole thing is myself didn't have to depend upon my mother reading a book or my brother reading a book i could do it so i assumed full responsibility now to produce a change in them though we are hundreds of miles away no physical contact save by letter i took a letter in my hand a mental letter in my mental hand and i could actually see use the word actual i could actually see my brother's handwriting and then i read what i wanted to read when i opened that letter that i am feeling much better and mother is much better than she has been i read it over and over in his handwriting on the morning of the 24th of february last month i received a letter dated the 22nd from my brother word for word because he actually told me what he said and then he quoted from his brother's letter not one word not a comma was out of place that this letter is coming across space saying to his brother here he said may i tell you neville not in 10 years have i had anything but a negative letter from my mother and brother not once concerning their health condition but a negative state and here in three weeks i did it for three weeks every day and quite often several times in the course of the day when i thought of it i simply repeated it at the end of the three weeks this letter came and the following day one from my mother this is what she said i have not felt better in 15 years from the two that were simply hypochondriacs he said i know now imagining does create reality i don't have to spend my money sending them books to get them to read it all i need is the desire on my part to help them and then it becomes my responsibility and so i simply went to the end The end was a letter in my hand where I could actually see my brother's handwriting And then read the contents of that letter as I wanted to read it So I actually wrote the letter that I read three weeks later It was written in my brother's handwriting but I dictated that letter The whole thing was all within me So I know today I can support this claim Imagining does create reality So that's the name Call upon my name Who was doing it? And I said to him, he said, well, I am. And he would have told me, but he said, I told no one. I kept it as my secret. I never confided to anyone. I just said, I am hearing from my brother. So he was calling on the name, the only name in the world that responds, the name Jesus. Yes, it's the most glorious name in the world, but only when you know the name, what it means. Jesus actually means I am, if you know how to spell it. It's spelled Yod Hey Vau Shin Ayin Joshua. You break it down, Yod Hey Vau Shin Ayin. There's a definite reason for the Shin in the name. A Shin is a flame, a fire, and an Ayin is an eye. And so Yod Hey Vau Hey would be Yehovah But the name in an active state, which is called Jesus is God in action. Same thing. Do you believe in Jesus? What do you think of Jesus? Someone asked Blake, and he said, Jesus, why, he's the only God, but so am I, and so are you. If I tell you this night that you are Jesus, would you be embarrassed? Are you going to bend your head in shame or think that I am blaspheming the name of God? I mean it when I tell you that you are Jesus. You don't know it yet, but you are Jesus, that God actually became man, that man may become God the day will come i hope it's tonight but it's coming to every child born of woman then they will know who they are and in the very end because the story of jesus is all about the end hasn't a thing to do with your social world anything here at all it's all about the end Eschatology is the only story of jesus so he comes only to fulfill scripture the end and what was that end That God so loved man that he actually gave himself, for he and the Son are one. He actually gave himself to man because of his love of man. He became man and lost himself in man. But when he actually gave himself to man, bear in mind, God was Father. So if someone who is a father gives himself to me, but completely gives himself to me, well then I must be a father. Regardless of my sex, regardless of my position in this world, If he succeeds in his purpose of giving himself to me, and he who gave himself to me was a father, then I must be a father. He has it all planned out, how to reveal to me that he gave himself to me, and so he reveals it in his Son. There is no way in the world that God can prove to me that he gave himself to me, save he has a Son that is his only begotten Son. Then, that only begotten Son, in the depths of my soul I see him, and I know he is my son, and he calls my father. I know he is my son, and he knows I am his father. There is no way in eternity that God the Father could ever give himself to man and convince man to whom he gave himself that he succeeded in his purpose of that giving of self to man unless the son reveals the gift. So out of the depths of the soul of man comes the son, and the son is David. So a riddle is asked in the book of Proverbs, the 30th chapter of the book of Proverbs, who has established the ends of the earth. What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know, verse 4. So we are told we know. Well, where is he? In the depths of man is the son. He's called Olam in scripture, and Olam means the eternal youth, the eternal lad, the eternal son. Ecclesiastes 3.11 The question is, is constantly asked where who is he and who is that son whose son are you young man whose son is that stripling whose son first samuel 17 56 and then no one knows no one will know until he appears in the depths of the soul of the individual to whom god now reveals his purpose you see the son and the son calls you father so what is his fabulous name the name is i am or purposes here on earth it's i am but in the end you will know the meaning of these words and all will become king who the lord will become king over all of the earth on that day the lord will be one and his name one zechariah 14 9 so you and the other three billion or four billion of us in this world will one day have the satisfaction of knowing that god fulfilled his purpose in you you will see god's only begotten son and he'll call you father. Psalms 2 7. Well, he's already called me father. So if he calls me father and he calls you father, then you and I are one without loss of identity. We are the father of the same son. Then we understand the great mystery of this compound unity where here, O Israel, the Lord, our God is the Lord. Deuteronomy 6 4. The I am our I am's form one. I am so the whole vast world all are aware of being so if i'm aware of being i say i am and you are aware of being so you say i am but you think you differ from me because i respond to neville and you respond to john or some other name but gradually we are moving towards one name for in that day the lord will be one and his name one so i'll tell you that name in that day your name is jesus self-born Born out of your own wonderful being, brought forth, and you are Jesus, because Jesus is the Father of the only begotten Son of God. When you see me, you see the Father. How can you say, "Show me the Father"? When you see me, you see the Father. John fourteen nine. And so did not David call me Lord? Said he, "If David in the spirit calls me Lord, how can I be David's son?" Matthew twenty two forty two. Well, David called me Lord, called me Adonai called me my father so if he called me father how can i be david's son and so he reveals himself as the father for he who sees me sees the father everyone will have the experience of being called by david father and then you know who you are so i say jesus you are jesus but you haven't yet remembered he said this is my name forever not only forever but that all generations thus all generations shall remember me by that name and that name when you come right down to it as a sound it's jesus in a practical sense it's i am i am writing a letter what letter i'm not going to tell you now i'm writing a letter it's coming from my brother i'm writing another letter it's coming from my mother and they're telling what they haven't told me in 10 years because they're always complaining about how horrible they feel But now I'm going to make them tell me they never felt better. And so my mother's going to write me a letter. Here's the letter in my hand and she's telling me she hasn't been better. And I thought 10 years. She changed the script somewhat because she told me 15 years. But my memory went back 10 years. I can't recall when she wasn't complaining and so I thought 10 years was long enough. She tells me by her own letter 15 years. My brother tells me he has never felt better that everything is perfect and i haven't received a letter of that nature in 10 years from my home in the midwest and to discover through the grapevine a lady comes west or someone comes west who just saw them and said that every time when the mail came bringing your gift of a book right straight to the ash can didn't even open the book right into the ash can well i have those too i must confess i do the same thing with a few things I have some jehovah's witnesses who are determined to convert me and i get all kinds of letters from my ex-wife she sends me these magazines for something well i look at it i thank her profusely then tear it in half and into the ash can i do the same thing there too so i must confess in this way i've acted in the same strange manner i have no time to read it it's called the watchtower or something but i'm not on that kind of watchtower this is a different kind of watchtower i'm talking about here there's only god and god is your own wonderful human imagination that is god tonight you can test it as this gentleman has tested it as every story i tell from this platform bears witness to the fact that imagining creates reality there is no other god god actually became man and the end is in god's control no tyrant is going to change it if the bombs began to fall now They aren't going to change the outcome. God planned it as it is and as it will be consummated and no power in the world is going to change it. So the whole vast world is responding to the activity taking place in us. And much of it's confusion because we don't know the name of God. So we go to church. We light candles. We do all kinds of things and call upon a name that isn't going to help at all you could be right in a bar if you're ever up against the sixth glass not quite sure what you're seeing and carrying on an inward conversation with self from premises of fulfilled desire and in a way that no one knows it will come to pass hasn't a thing to do with your outer behavior your activities what are you doing on the inside so we are warned time and time again you've heard it said well i'll tell it said he if you look on anything lustfully you've committed the act matthew 5:28. for that very act of feeling was the act whether you restrain the impulse following that makes no difference you did it in the very moment of contemplating a thing with pleasure you were doing it while you contemplate the receipt of a letter with pleasure i received the letter and oh that wonderful news contemplated with pleasure that's lusting not just a physical lust after a woman or a woman after a man, but to lust after the receipt of a letter with contents bearing witness to the fact that this imagining creates reality, and then wait for it, it will come. His took three weeks. This is a matter of three weeks, three months. May it come in three seconds. It could come. I've had it happen while I was in the act of doing it. I've had the phone ring to disturb my meditation and I hadn't even completed it. I was doing it and hearing it vividly when the phone rang, and I'm answering the phone to hear confirmation of what I'm doing on the inside. All depends on where you are, on what level, because there's no difference between divine imagining and human imagining, save in the degree of intensity. So if I withdrew long enough or deeply enough, then I'm more intense. And so if I really withdraw, if I shut out the entire world, and then I start going into the depths of myself to hear something then i'm more intense so the phone rang but if i don't i'm disturbed by the noise and i'm concerned about other things well then i'm not withdrawing enough it still works but then it takes a little longer time like putting on a little single light under the pot it will boil eventually but you could increase the flame and boil it quicker and so the whole thing is within us So when the Bible speaks of God, they're speaking of Jesus, and they're speaking of your imagination. When Blake speaks, say, for instance, of the great poetic genius, to him, God was the poetic genius. And you say, well, I'm not a poet. You aren't? Have you ever had a dream? Do you know any poem in this world comparable in structure to a dream? Think of anything in this world. Take a Shakespeare, the world's greatest in the use of words, or take a Blake, Do you think anything that Shakespeare ever wrote could compare to your dream? You take a dream and the structure of the dream, everything falls out and in perfect order. And the conversations are in perfect order, not one word misplaced. And every character speaking just as they should speak. And the whole thing is unfolding. And you're doing it. Aren't you a poet? There isn't a poem in this world that can compare to a dream. And the whole dream unfolds so vividly before the mind's eye you are not only the author of the dream you also throw yourself into the character you are part of the dream too it may be the major character it may be a minor that you are playing but you wrote it wrote the whole thing you dramatize it and externalize it and actually well you directed it the whole thing took place in you so when blake speaks of the poetic genius as divine imagining And he calls divine imagining Jesus. Well, can't you imagine? That's Jesus. But if you think for one second that's being blasphemous, no, it's not blasphemous. You dwell upon it. Tonight you dwell upon it. You sit there and think noble things about others and expect it to come back to you just as you've imagined. That is Jesus doing it. And don't be ashamed of it, for the day will come you will not be called possibly Jesus. But you will be called Father by the very one who called him Father. Then you'll know who you are. If he calls you Father and he called him Father, are you not Father? Well, who did he call Father? He called the grand I amness Father. So I say to you, eat the words. He said, I found your words and I ate them. I assimilated them, I expelled all things I couldn't take in, like the instrument that conveyed the story so, all right, I will take that. I'll take the kernel and discard the husk. And then they became to me, your words became to me a joy and delight of my heart. Why? What did they produce in me? What, as I assimilated them, what did they build? They built this knowledge that I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. You mean when I read the Bible and actually assimilated it, I discovered the whole book was about me? Yes, I discovered the whole book was about me, that he brought me into being, as it were, as his emanation, so loved me that he cleaved to me and wouldn't let me go until he actually fulfilled his purpose to give me himself. And he being God, the Father, and I being his wife, his emanation, that he cleaved to me and wouldn't let me go until I actually became one with him. When that was completed, that union had to result in a child for this is male female god the father as we are told in the 54th chapter of the book of isaiah your maker is your husband the lord of hosts is his name verse 5 and so my maker is my husband i'm his emanation and he cleaved to me until this dream of life comes to an end it's called death until this death disappears then i am he Well, this union must result in something creative and that is a son so he brings into my world his son but by then i am he and so the son calls me father i am telling you what i know from experience i'm not speculating i'm not theorizing these are not opinions i never heard it from a man i was never taught it it came by the revelation of jesus christ when i least expected it it happened to me and it happened in such a marvelous manner I can say to everyone, do not despair. I don't care what you have ever done. The love of God is so intense and so great. He isn't going to leave you. He has made a pledge to cleave to you. and He is not going to let go until he has transformed you into himself. And you are he. So when it is done, you will have to confess that it is grace. It is a gift. You could not have earned it. No man in the world can earn it. He isn't good enough. Therefore, because he can't earn it, he can't brag about it. It's simply a gift. The gift of God. Grace is simply God's gift of himself to man. When he succeeds in giving me grace, then he gives me himself. And so when he gives me himself, he has to give me his son. He can't be a father giving me himself and leave me barren. He has to give me his son or he didn't give me himself If he is a father, then he has to give me fatherhood. If he is God, he has to give me Godship. He has to, or he didn't complete his purpose. So whatever he is, when he pledges himself to do something, then I must be it. If his pledge was to give me all that he is, whatever he was before, I must become. And so the fatherhood I am, and if that name, that holy name is Jesus, well you may laugh or may walk out of here never to return again it makes no difference to me i am he i'm the same man neville but i am he as you are he you don't know it and i know it i know not because i earned it i know it because it was given to me i didn't earn it no man can earn it it's a gift and because it's a gift everyone will get it so don't be embarrassed when you see him infinite love stands before you and in the end There is only one body, strangely enough. You are embraced and incorporated into the body of love, and it's your body. It's infinite, not in space. It's human, very human, but it's all love. Infinite in wisdom, infinite in power, infinite in every sense of the word, and it's your body, never again to be divorced from it, for that body is cleaving to you until you fuse into it, completely incorporated into the body of God, and that body is Jesus, because you're the one with the body you are he not a little portion of it the whole the fullness is in you but here for our practical purposes i want letters after letters i want you to take it this night and just try it just what the gentleman did he tried the outside effect we all do that first and so he tried to reach them by gifts of books and they didn't even read the books four years of spending time and money and they all went into the ash can then he stopped after he came here He hasn't been coming here too long but he heard what you heard and then he decided that the whole responsibility was his he isn't going to blame his mother he isn't going to blame his brother he isn't going to blame anyone and he isn't going to try to change them through physical external means he's going to change them because they are himself pushed out he assumed full responsibility for the world in which he lived so if the whole vast world is myself pushed out I'll change any aspect for did not james say the greatest revelation in this century was the discovery by man that by changing his own inner attitudes of mind he could change the outer aspects of life so he didn't argue with others he only changed the inner attitudes of his own mind and so he did it by holding a letter which he was reading as having come from his brother and having come from his mother and that letter came at the end of three weeks A complete radical change of attitude on their part because there was first a change of attitude on his part. He didn't expect the same kind of letter that he did for 10 years. He radically changed it and expected the response. If this world is only response and I am the cause of the response, well, then get about the business and do something about it. We are the operant power. It can't operate itself. We are the operant power. And so, if my whole vast world is my imagination made visible, that all that I behold, though it appears without, it is within, in my own wonderful human imagination, and that this world that seems so objectively real and so completely independent of my perception of it is only reflecting the activities of taking place in me, well, then do something about it. So, I'm asking everyone to do something about it and then write me. Tell me what happened. How you did it, as this gentleman did, it only took him two pages, not on both sides of the sheet. One page would have done it, and just two simple pages in longhand, he told me the story I told you tonight. And now I say to him, not a thing in this world can stop you, but you. You are in business. Go to the top. Go to the end. Hold the end in your own mind's eye. Hold it in your hand if there's something you can hold in your hand implying the fulfillment of your dream. Hold it in your hand as you did the letter if it's a contract hold a contract if it's a bank book with a certain statement hold it if it's the morning paper bring you the news you want do you think that's crazy you can do it tomorrow's news can be determined by your own wonderful it's done anyway by your own wonderful human imagination in spite of all the conflicts of the world try it don't say well now suppose he operates differently You'll give him power that doesn't belong to anyone in this world save he. The story is I am he. Where is he? I am he. So don't think he can do it because I am he. He will only reflect what you are doing. So you are the whole thing. It seems an awful responsibility but it's true and in the end you're the very being that became you. He became you in love. He will raise you in love and you will discover that you are the being that did the whole vast world. So you try it. But above all, please share with me that I in turn may share with others your wonderful use of faith. The first thing to do with faith is to begin to live by it. The very first thing, just begin to live by it. And it's faith in his name, and his name is I Am. If you take a concordance and look up the word name, it's the most exciting search in the world through the 66 books, the name, name. And see where it goes and how he leads you to only one point confidence in I am. Not in some other being, no intermediary between yourself and God, because Jesus, you think, is the intermediary. No. Jesus is your own wonderful I am. That is Jesus. That is God. He is God. He's God the Father. And he became man that man may become God. So he's dwelling in man. This coming fourth night, we're going to have all over the Christian world stories of his resurrection, stories of his crucifixion, and the same things going to happen this year that has happened in previous years. The story will not be properly told. This is the great mystery of life through death. He gave himself to me completely gave himself to me and had to die like the little seed must die to be made alive he died in me he's buried in me in the tomb the only tomb into which he was ever placed my skull when he awoke in my skull i was he the same being i was he and so the only place where he's ever buried is the skull and when he comes out all of the things told you of him You are going to experience everything said of him. You are going to experience. And the whole thing is only the end, the last days. That's all he's come to reveal because all prior to that was preparation. He's only concerned with the eschatological concept of life, the very last days when he awakens in man. So tonight, let me quote it in a simple way You sit quietly and now forget what you even did one second before. You may be ashamed of what you did. God isn't. You've been made to feel that you did wrong or maybe you did wrong in your own mind's eye but don't think for one moment because you did something that you thought wrong or society may judge you harshly for that you are not now worthy to call on his name if you know his name. His name is I am. The night before you could have been plastered. The night before you could have done a thousand things of which you may be ashamed. It doesn't stop you from getting the response from god if you call on his name so you sit quietly close your eyes just to aid your attention and then construct a simple the simpler the better the simplest little scene which implies the fulfillment of the dream the holding of a piece of paper in your hand from a certain character and that's what you want and it reads as you want it well that's it you want to take the hand of a friend congratulate the friend on his good fortune that is it want to see the ring on a finger of some friend who is anxious to be happily married in this world that is it whatever is the end implying the fulfillment of the dream and all you do do it naturally and simply as you do it naturally give it tones of reality sensory vividness and then open your eyes then hold god trustworthy god is your own i am who did it i did it i was doing it well you are saying i am i am doing it that's God. Now hold God trustworthy. He is infinite in power, infinite in wisdom, and so we can do it. This conscious reasoning mind can't do it. That was suspended when you actually called upon the name of God. You come back and you wear this conscious reasoning mind. All right, wear it. It's a good mind. Nothing wrong with reason, but you try this. If you get results, and you will, then it doesn't really matter what others think, does it? Or if we have evidence for a thing does it really matter what the world thinks about it if i can produce results by a way that seems insane and seems crazy it doesn't matter if it seems insane if i get the results so i am called by thy name and your name is my name and the name is i am not some little thing on the outside there's nothing more central than i am if this very night i slept any place in the world and by using my imagination, I could sleep wherever I want to sleep in imagination, couldn't I? Would it work? Yes, it will work. I've done it. You awaken there. How could I go there in the flesh? You will go there in the flesh. Things will happen to compel a change in your world, to compel you to make that journey. If you sleep in imagination elsewhere, as though elsewhere were here, because I am can never be other than here. I don't say I am there wherever I am it's here and so it is always first person and present right here so I can make here Moscow if I so desired then this would vanish and I would actually feel it to be Moscow here who is feeling it I am that's God and all things are possible to God then in a way that Neville the conscious reasoning mind does not know he'll be compelled to make the journey to fulfill that command of God. So do it in this light and you will not fail. And you will send me letters because I do really want the letters to encourage everyone here that this thing works. It proves itself in performance. At the end of these lectures, Neville would give two minutes of silence followed by questions and answers. Now, let us go into the silence. First question, inaudible Neville says the question is First of all, this is a story told last Friday A gentleman who is a professional writer Writes the story of a friend of his today By the name of Eddie He's extremely fond of Eddie He met Eddie seemingly by accident two years ago To discover suddenly last Sunday morning While in the shower As he personally recalled an experience Of his six years ago When a story was dictated to him In a similar manner The story that he had That very weak dictated he felt the presence behind dictating prompting, and then the whole thing flashed into his mind. Why, that central character of the story of six years ago is identical with Eddie of flesh and blood. Here, this character of fiction is now wearing flesh and blood, so he reread the story in my book, The Law and the Promise, called There Is No Fiction, that chapter. So he discovered that all of the characters that he, as a writer, created over the years actually are walking around this world in flesh and blood. He hasn't met all as yet. But said he, there are many that I have written that I have no desire to meet in the immediate present, not in the flesh anyway. Well, it doesn't really matter. We've all done it. Anyway, without being a professional writer, we are having these characters. For instance, I know a man in New York City. He didn't know Mr. Roosevelt, didn't know him at all, but he delighted every morning when he shaved, he would spend, say, 10 minutes shaving that face of his, a young man 30. And I said, what on earth prompts you to do a thing like this? He said, you have no idea neville what a joy i get out of it there's no show on broadway that could give me the kick i get when i look into the mirror and tell roosevelt off i'm looking in the mirror and i'm telling him what i think of him i say who do you think you are king this is america a democracy we don't have any kings so you want four years in the white house and your four sons are they going to be all princes now are we going to have this royalty i said are you doing this for he said oh but neville what a joy what a kick i get i said after all you're building a character now he doesn't write the man hasn't written but he was carrying on a mental conversation with something that he despised well mr roosevelt has gone from this world never met the man the man never met him but he will meet a character that will make roosevelt look like a bunch of roses to him i mean these are the things we do in this world and so you single out here This is the year of politics and so you are either for or against this year all the things we are for and then you are going to take the other fella in your mind's eye and you're going to tell him off you're going to carry on these mental conversations with him and say everything that is unlovely you're going to spend the most time on the one you don't like and the little time on the one you like man should be for not against the morning's paper you can tell the editorial policy of a paper by the things they are against they'll tell you exactly who they are going to vote for read the columnist in any paper and you see the policy that will capture that paper if they're against they're not for but you be for in this world you single out what you want let them go their way vote yes certainly vote for someone don't vote against someone and vote for him if you want to vote And you should, I think you should, if you want to vote, vote for someone. But don't waste your precious time in carrying on these mental conversations with the opposition. You're only enlarging them and building characters in your world that you must tomorrow encounter. But may I tell you, in the end, all will be forgiven. In the end, all is forgiven. All. You can make lame people in this world, blind people, all kinds of people. In the end, you will confront them in the twinkle of an eye. All will be made perfect. Every one of them will be transformed into the beauty that they should have been in the beginning, that you disfigured them by your arguments and all the things that you did. But in the end, you will confront them. An infinite sea of human imperfection as you walk by, because in that moment you've been lifted up, and the heavenly chorus sang out your praise and called you by name, that you are risen. And as you walk by, gliding by... In this glorious body, this immortal body of yours made of fire and air, it seems as you walk by, everyone is molded into perfection because you are perfect. Then you understand the words, Be ye perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And as you walk by, everyone is made whole. So in the end, all is perfect. But while we are struggling to awaken to the realization that our own imagination is God— We create such strange, monstrous things. So to come back to your question, what should he do? Well, were I he, I would do nothing. He wrote them, they sold. He will be called upon tomorrow. He doesn't have to conceive all the stories. Maybe when he goes to the conference, I don't know, I'm not a writer. So when he goes into conference and they say, I want a story, and this is the plot, as a professional writer, he has to take the suggestion of the producer, whoever is responsible, and he has to conceive And put it into these things Like Shakespeare gave us these fantastic things But what characters? Were I Shakespeare walking this earth I wouldn't undo one thing that he's done They're so altogether marvelous Every character, in fact We speak of Shakespeare's 400th anniversary And I think of the great ones You take a Dickens Do you know that his characters are better known than Dickens? They're all alive And don't you meet them? Haven't you met Scrooge? Who hasn't met a Scrooge in this world? He's far more alive than Dickens. Dickens as a character, maybe he wasn't pleasant. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't want to have a dinner party with him, but I enjoy his characters. I wouldn't mind having them to dinner. Quite a few of them, not all. And so these characters are alive and they're all people in the world. You meet them and one can play so many parts. You could be the most protective, loving husband in this world. And in the office, you are a devil. And yet at home, you could be to her all that she desires as a husband so we are all the characters anyway you hear them all day long they are doing what you wrote are there any other questions please question inaudible neville says and i when i am lifted up from the earth i will lift up all men unto me and that's an actual true story the day will come you'll be lifted up and i'll tell you exactly how you'll be lifted up in a spiral motion you'll go up like this you don't even know you're simply taken up that way through the top of your head in a spiral motion a heavenly chorus will sing your praise as you are lifted up call you by name and pronounce he is risen calling you by name and the chorus will sing it out unnumbered voices but what heavenly voices then you will see an infinite field of human imperfection and they are all waiting for you not just idly waiting they're waiting for you because you are going to redeem them you will glide by in this immortal body of yours a fiery airy body it's luminous you don't need a sun you don't need the moon you illuminate your world because you are the light as you walk by gliding by everyone is made perfect as you go by that chorus comes in at the very end and it swells in the most glorious exaltation it is finished the last words of the cross and when it exalts it is finished then you crystallize once more in the body of clay for unfinished business. Which unfinished business is to tell it, to tell and testify to the truth of Jesus Christ, the only reality in the world. But the churches have completely misunderstood the mystery of Jesus Christ and talk about him as a being of flesh and blood. What a man in whom it first appeared did for a job on earth is irrelevant. That he was a carpenter, a mason, a banker, a writer, it's irrelevant. He's not talking of that. The whole story is simply taking place in the soul of that being. If you read it carefully, the experiences were not witnessed by anyone other than himself. He was not what they were looking for. They were looking for some majestic being to come out of space as a conqueror who would lead Israel who had been crushed into some victorious campaign and enslave those who had enslaved Israel. That was not Messiah at all. So they knew him. They knew his background, they knew this, that, and the other. It doesn't matter what you know of a man, the weaknesses of a man who isn't weak in this world. The body is weak, spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. No matter how strong it is weak, weaknesses are little links that are weak. And so if you know the little weak link, you can always point the finger and say, what, he? How can he be chosen? Well, it wasn't his choice. God chose him. God made the choice. And so if God chooses well, then it's god's secret of election no one knows it but those who know you well and know you intimately can always point the finger at your weaknesses they know you i have those who wouldn't come near me because i am a divorced man if i was not divorced and kept 20 on the side perfectly all right nobody would know it so they would come i'm keeping no one on the side for multiple reasons but i was once divorced therefore that right away that's anathema I know that. My podiatrist in New York City this past summer, past fall, here I am sitting in his chair, and he is taking care of my feet. He said, You know, he calls this lady by my name, a very prominent lady. You all know her. If I told you, I won't tell you. Very prominent. She's read your books, and she's trying to convert me. I'm a Jew. She's trying to convert me to her way of thinking, which happens to be without any offense because it's a marvelous concept, a nice positive way of thinking, which is Christian science. Well, she's a Christian scientist. And she's trying to convert me the jew to christian science i said well i'm a jew my father was an orthodox jewish butcher and we were raised in a strictly kosher home though i don't maintain a strict kosher home i still consider myself a jew but i go to a man who is a friend of mine and his name's neville when he comes to town he happens to be in town at the moment so i'm going to all of his lectures oh she said i've heard of that man i have his books the books are all right I've read them, they're all right, but I wouldn't go near that place. He said, why? She said, well, because the man was divorced. Not only divorced, but I also heard that he lived with a woman for years before he married the girl he's married to now. And so my friend, Hal, not understanding the picture of life, tried to justify my behavior. He said, well, can't you forgive him? God is merciful. If God can forgive, can't you try to be like God and forgive too? I said, Hal, why did you say that? Am I in need of her forgiveness of all the things in the world? So she wouldn't come near my meetings because I was once married and someone told her I lived with a woman. Well, really, every husband lives with a woman. Good night. And this concludes, I am called by thy name, O Lord. So we get an interesting story that Neville has rarely done. I think maybe one other time where he talks about imagining a letter. I think this is important in the modern day because a lot of times we are imagining emails, sometimes harder to imagine. In this particular case, he imagined his own brother's handwriting, and he imagined his brother saying, we're doing great, our health is great, when in the past he would receive letters from his mother and brother and they were always in bad health, and he imagined the letter being written and seeing the actual handwriting. You can imagine anything that you want in this world and in many times you may have to imagine a letter an email something that you receive now later in the lecture neville is emphasizing holding the letter that's why in my own particular case it can be difficult to imagine emails because there's nothing to hold there's nothing tangible to feel except a feeling of what you would experience if you read the email but we get an interesting example of Someone using imagination by imagining a letter. You can use this same technique in a variety of ways. You can use it to imagine someone sending you an email, a text that says, Hey, I'm feeling so good. If you're holding your phone, you feel the phone in your hand. You receive the text and it says, Oh, your friend says they're doing great. That's a great way to imagine that I have used something similar to what he's talking about. He also emphasizes later on in the lecture that there is no fiction. And then when you go through these little fantasies, you will, even not in this light, but you will face the reality that you created. And it made me think, are we experiencing things in this life that we perhaps imagined in another time loop when we had been through this life before? It's certainly possible that some of the things we're experiencing now, when we're younger or whatever are from imaginings from a previous life or a previous time in the wheel of recurrence he talks about the name of God and in this particular case breaks it down to yod Hey shin and describes what it means that Jesus means in essence God in action I am in action so when you use the name I am that is the key and I always remember this, so if you are taking the name of the Lord in vain, you're taking I am in vain. If you say, I am terrible, then you are using the Lord's name in vain. So you say, I am happy, I am wonderful, I am smart, I am healthy. When you say those things, you're using the name of the Lord and whatever you call for in the name of the Lord will be done unto you. I found it interesting we recently got to see the death certificate of neville goddard and i'll do an episode on neville's death to discuss it further as i posted it in the group and i got some interesting responses just like when we read the frank carter lecture about neville's death people were in some way saddened or bothered by the fact that neville had cirrhosis of the liver that he was drinking all the time does this mean that he had some sort of shadow that he had struggles or problems i really don't think so i just think he enjoyed drinking and he says the night before you could have been plastered the night before you could have done a thousand things of which you may be ashamed he's basically saying when you experience the promise and god within you and using your imagination it all works you don't deserve it it's a gift given to you it doesn't matter what you've done so you might have been a terrible person the night before You might have been plastered as he says but it still will be effective because it's a gift god is your own i am so start using the i am today and pronounce in the name of the lord the things you want i am wealthy i am prosperous i am loved do that and as neville says test it out and it will work don't take his word for it experiment with the techniques that neville gives and you will find success I am imagining love and happiness and joy for all people listening to this episode, and I'm hoping that you have a fantastic day. I always enjoy reading Neville, no matter what you think. You might not agree with everything about Neville, but he was an amazing speaker and gave really powerful, amazing interpretations of the Bible and shared amazing stories of the people that followed him, and that is what I enjoy about reading Neville. You can find all episodes of The Reality Revolution at TheRealityRevolution.com And welcome to The Reality Revolution.